Yes, good morning indeed, there is a war. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Jesus, Son of God, that you took the hits for us, that you walked this way. Lord, you ran the gamut of human indignation and blasphemy and hatred and rejection, and you went to the cross, you preserved, you prevailed in your love for us. You were not undaunted, even though you were grieved in your spirit. And I thank you, Lord, that you have a new thing coming. The King is returning. You're coming back. And soon, Father God, we see the world just absolutely careening, uh, moving, uh, compelled, drawn, forced into this place of uh, final confrontation, final conflict. And we know, according to your word, that if it were uh, possible, even the very elect would be deceived. And uh, if those days were not shortened, no flesh would be saved. And so we just thank you, Lord, that we are in that place now where we can look into your word and continue to rejoice in what you did, how you uh, demonstrated your love for us when you were here. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive that revelation that we will not grow weary in well-doing. We will not look to the right or to the left, but we will look up and that we will be prepared in our hearts for the return of the King. And so as we look at your, your life as what you went through in the, in the Gospel of Mark, as we continue to do that, Lord, I pray now that you'd encourage our hearts and teach us by your Holy Spirit. May we speak as the oracles of God. Amen. Well, Amen. I got a question. Hey, yeah, honey. Question. I got a question. Um, you know, we're in the book of Mark here. We're obviously just loving it. Really, it's great. It's a great book. Yeah. But, you know, how is that, how is what's going on in the book of Mark relevant for anything that's going on in our lives today? Huh. All kinds of it. The thing is, there's an application. You know, there's when you when the scripture is written, it's written to specific people regarding specific situations at specific times. So it's actually related to real, real people, real events, real issues of the day. Right, but, and these are the issues of their but day. There are principles there. There's precepts, mm-hmm. which are you know basically the the, the rules, and there's principles, mm-hmm. and the principles. Uh, you know, so, apply today. Uh, apply today. Yeah. Solomon said, "There's nothing new under the sun," mm-hmm. but you know, we can say, "Well, there's this is new, this is new." Well, in a sense, maybe technology has advanced in different right, areas. right. So we're deceived into so, thinking so, something's so, new. So we think we got all this new <laughs> stuff, but really, it's it's kind of old stuff. What we're seeing yeah. in the Book of Mark, and it really applies today. Well, we it, we it, will see. We see the. Um, Human, 20th century, human 21st nature. Century, we right we see there. human nature. Yeah, yeah. Going, we're going to start in the book the in devil, the chapter. The eight. devil's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's the he's, same. He's not going to and, and be with us forever, get though. Sucked up into the same kinds of things, and so yeah. one of the things that we we started last time, uh, we saw that Jesus did the miracles. Did the miracle? Yeah. He took like seven little loaves, probably like seven pancakes. Yeah, and and a few small fish fed four thousand yeah, people. Yeah, amazing. But you know what? You know what? Got to. That's amazing. We stop and think. That is amazing. If you'd yeah. see Uh-oh. something like that, wouldn't you become curious as to the message of this man? Who is this man? Where's he from? How does he get this power? You know. So we're. We, you know. It'd be pretty convincing that this guy's got some kind of power. This is. This just does. That not, was a day well spent. This, this does with not. Him. This does not something that happens every day. Yeah. So. And, and these people were fed, spiritually encouraged, emotionally, and some of them, I'm sure, went away with great healings, and their lives were changed forever oh, yeah. after that. See, see, it was just there was the, the, the wonderful mystery. application of the love of God to heal their broken, crushed bodies, to cast out the demons that were in the, to feed their even their physical soul, their their bodies. Um, but you know, with all of that demonstration of goodness, absolute goodness. You know, you know, kindness, goodness, love. The next day, or soon thereafter, uh, the Pharisees, verse eleven, and the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. You know, they must have missed the signs from heaven, the the feeding of the five thousand, the four thousand. They must have missed that day, and and now they're coming. It, it is so politicized. It's so. 
it's so much like it is today. It's like scary. But anyway, um, they began to dispute with him, dispute, contend, argue, uh, cross-examine, hold him accountable, um, do a background check on why and how and who are you and who do you think you are that you can mess up the normal everyday lives of our little, our little Pharisee world, religious Pharisee world world view. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, you know, they're, uh, and a sign testing him, testing him for what? Well, they, they had basically, they had made up their minds. That's right. They were not going to believe. They, they said, well, what do they say? Began, they came out. Okay. The Pharisees came out with an agenda. So they come out. Okay. They're aggressive. They're coming out. Beginning to dispute with him, track him down, trying to you know argue with him, mm-hmm. seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. Now listen, there was all kinds of signs that Jesus was performing. Mm-hmm. Okay, one more sign is not going to convince these guys. Yeah, there you know, and it, in in John uh, twelve thirty seven, mm-hmm. it said even though he had done done so many signs, mm-hmm. they still not did not not believe him. Signs, miracles, wonders can be uh, help us with faith. They they are to in Mark sixteen twenty. Those that believe went everywhere, uh, preaching the word. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. In Acts chapter yeah, eight, yeah. about uh, Philip that went down to Samaria and and preached Christ, and the people believed because they saw the miracles that he did. That that. God did really through Philip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there, there, the word was confirmed right. by the miracles and the so message. forth. But if you have a heart that's just so twisted mm-hmm. and so perverted yeah. and so religious and so locked Hard-hearted. in mm-hmm. to your mindset, you know, one more then then this won't won't they won't just basically you. they're just saying, Oh, show us a sign. We're gonna believe I mean it's a it's, it's a cynicism. It's a, it's a scoffing skeptic. It's the it's same a scoffing you know, talking, it is the same thing today. We we, we we have all kinds of signs. We have all kinds of uh, evidences, you know, and, and we don't want to hear the truth. The truth is not what we're after, really. The truth is not what we're after the endorsement of our wicked ways. We want to we want Not to ours, justify all of us, but the the spirit of this age. Yeah, is we will justify, justify our contempt for God, our contempt for God, yeah, our, our justify mm-hmm. our wickedness, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's like for it was us, back then. It's not it's a matter of truth. Here. It's like I'm going to do what I want to do, no matter what. Well, and you better not say anything to me to contradict what I want to do, because we're all very tolerant. That's the spirit of this age. We're it's, all, it's it's pride. And it's perversion. Wickedness. It's just, yes. cr- but but going just taking this a tad bit further in John, where we have another conversation with Jesus and the Pharisees as the heated discussion continues towards the cross. He's talking about being the light of the world in chapter eight, um, and then um, and then they said to uh, he, Jesus spoke these words in the treasury of the temple. Uh, no one laid hands on him because his hour had not yet come. Uh, then Jesus said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and will die, die in your sins. Where I go, you cannot come. Well, this provo- pro- provoked them. So then the Jews said, will he kill himself? Because he says, where I go, you cannot come. And he said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. This is the bottom line of the argument that we're seeing happening in Mark, that the bottom line is you're going to die in your sins if you don't repent, if you don't get this message from heaven, if you don't believe this, if you keep going on in what you think you know and the truth you want to you want to believe, which is not the, the truth. The, the the law that they were relying on was being uh, God was sending in another disposition a dispensation sorry he was he was moving this thing forward the law had been fulfilled created to the point where it was supposed to keep things in place until Jesus Christ could die on the cross come forward of the virgin and die on the cross and then we're going to move into the cross and grace and the gospel of grace they weren't ready to let go of their traditions and what they thought they knew so he said jesus said he said um you d- you don't understand my speech 
So they did not understand him. They didn't really I, want yeah, to understand yeah, yeah. John eight forty three. You are not able to listen to my word. Mm-hmm. You are of your father, the devil. Yeah. The desires Bottom of your line. father you want to mm-hmm. do. And he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and a father of it. It says when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. Absolutely, he's a liar and, and he's a con artist. He's a manipulator. He comes as an angel of light. So, so what happens? What happens to the people? What happens to a society, a, cu- mm-hmm. a culture, when the religious leaders of that society are of their father, the devil, and they're they're, pro- they're the kids of Satan. Son, yeah, and they're the ones that are supposedly teaching religion. Teaching, teaching religion. Teaching We've God. got the same thing. Today, it's very relevant, then, isn't it? Very, we had the very same relevant. dispute. Jesus was head on with them. He says, "You don't believe me? You're going to go to hell. You're of your father, the devil." How much more straightforward can you get in telling the truth? I mean, Jesus was by no means a coward. He he didn't go looking for a fight. He never went after them, except the time he went to the temple and he turned the table tables of the temple over the money changers' tables. But for the most part. He, he minded his own business. He did the Father's will. And they always came knocking on his door with their cross-examination. You know what? And it did not end well for them. And it will not end well for this society who is now being put on the, um, uh, I don't know, the decision block. Well, who's, who's reporter are you going to believe? Are you going to serve God? Or are you going to go for the devil? Now, a lot of people say, well, there's no such thing as the devil, and there's no such thing as God, because now we have technology, and we're, all, we're our own gods, and we're going to become right. immortal ourselves, and we don't really need God or the devil. So thank you, just bug off. So we've followed the lie, hook, line, and sinker from, that we, yeah. from you shall from the, be as yes. gods. And the, the Garden of Eden. The yeah. Garden of Eden, the liar. You shall that, not die, you'll you, be as you gods. You shall not die, mm-hmm. you shall be as gods. That's the same spirit yeah. that has come all through history, all through human history, human, yep. onto this present day. So we're seeing the backstory in all of this little discussion here in Mark about, you know, you seek a sign. Obviously what God is saying is, yes, that God himself uses miracles to confirm his word, his word, the right word, the true word, with signs and wonders following. However, he tells us also that the devil can do magic tricks. He can do um, lying signs and wonders. And if we're possible, he'd deceive the very elect because in the last days, we're going to have a whole rash of uh, magic tricks and technology and uh, psychedelic, uh, you know, uh, holograms and virtual reality and everything else that is going to distract the people from the true urgency of what's really going on. So that's what we're talking to you about. You think of the term virtual reality. In other words... There's, real, there's, there's reality. truth, there's reality, and there's virtual reality. Virtual reality means it's almost like reality. Only it's the way you want it to be. But it's not true. Well, and reality is not always true either because I right. think that's a big problem with people, and that is a big problem with the Christians. And it's a big, when, we, when we have to go, we, we base our faith in God on what it looks like. Now, the day they did the miracles... They could all base their faith on God, and it looked great, and he did it, and yay, yay, he's, he's the good guy, he's the right guy, he's got the power. He'll get him in power, and he'll feed us and take care of us. You know, that day is coming, praise God, and I can't wait for it, really. But the thing is, um, the, the faith he's telling them about, the faith we need to have, the eyes that need to be opened, the ears that need to be opened, are the one uh, to, to believe him, not based on what we see with our eyes or hear with our ears, but what we know with our spirit. In your spirit, you know, so I tell you what, the biggest enemy of truth is reality. I hate it because people are so stuck in what it was and what happened and it'll never change. It is what it is. And this is the demonic indoctrination brainwashing that you have been brainwashed living in the snake pit, the devil's snake pit. And you don't, we're not to be defined by the pit, but by the word of God and by what God says. And God says you're human beings, not human doings with a sinful human nature. You know, yes, we're human beings who are tempted to sin, tricked into sin, sin. Yes, we do sin. We Then when we sin, we had to repent, confess it to God, humble ourselves and ask for God to forgive us and cancel off that agreement. But see, we don't do it that way. We deny our sin. We say there's no such thing as sin. Or on the other side of that coin, we flip it over and everything. We're so depraved. We cannot, you know, even 
you know, we're sinful human nature. That term is actually not in the Bible. All this flesh talk and stuff, they're, they're not finishing the whole statement. They're not giving the whole picture. The flesh is the, the, the parts of the two parts of the three-part being, your flesh, is two parts of the three-part being. The being is body, soul, and spirit. The body and soul together create the flesh, but you also have the spirit. And the Bible says, God says, walk in the spirit. Use that set of software. Use the revelation of the Holy Spirit to you to, to tell you that truth is not necessarily what it looks like. Truth it looks like it's being beaten up right now. Truth looked like a bloody mess hanging on the cross, a total fo- a fo- a foolish notion, an absolute failure. That's what the, the reality says, but in truth, he the, is the Son of God. He is the, he the, is the Son of God. Life. You think, okay, the difference. You say, what is the difference between truth and reality? We tend to equate the two. Yeah. If yeah. it's real, then it's got to be true. I mean, if I can touch it, I can feel it. If it, it really happened, it, it, it's it really true. If it really happened, it's true. Well, let me just give you a scripture, and, and I don't know the exact address of that right now because it's in, it's in the Psalms, um, Psalms or Proverbs, okay? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord will deliver. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. You can say, okay, here's reality. Yeah, I'm righteous. I'm serving God. Yeah, I mean, Satan's after me. Satan's attacking me. Uh, people misunderstand me. I'm, I'm really, you know, getting it. You know, I'm getting, beat up. I'm getting hit and I'm getting beat up. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. And if that's all that you live in, Mm-hmm. That you live in that reality, and it's true. Okay, you yes, it's true, and it's and you do have. It a really did happen. Yeah. But the truth is, do not be discouraged. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Mm-hmm. I have many many afflictions. Reality. Well, here's another scripture in Isaiah about that. That's true. Oh, you afflicted ones. So he's addressing us in Isaiah chapter fifty-four. Oh, you afflicted. Verse eleven. Oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. He's saying, yeah, I get it. I'm acknowledging you that you have been afflicted, assaulted, persecuted, attacked, falsely accused, Mm -hmm. uh, driven to the wall by your enemies, so to speak. Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and your foundations with sapphires. I will make you a pinnacle of rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walls will be precious of precious stones. All your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be the peace of them. In righteousness, you shall be established you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Behold, and then he says, I have created the blacksmith with blows, the blows, the coals of fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the spoiler to destroy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Now, let's just think about this for a second. Jesus is being attacked here in Mark. He's go- they're, be- they're going after him tooth and nail. He's being afflicted. He's being persecuted. He's being attacked. How about today? Righteous people all over the place being afflicted. Now, what are you going to do in the midst of your persecution? Are you going to start to feel sorry for yourself and say, Say, oh, me, poor me, nobody loves me. Where's God? I thought God was for me, da-da-da, blah, blah, blah. Or are you going to say, you know what? God said, this is what God says. I see your, I see your affliction. I see your persecution. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vindicate you. I'm going to validate you. I'm going to set your pinnacles with rubies. You're going to have gates of crystal. Your children will get to the top of the Lord. And those who oppress you will be far from you. And no weapon formed against you will prosper. Now, in the deal where you're in heavy fire, under heavy fire, by the enemy, in a spiritual war, by the way. This is a spiritual war. It was back in Jesus' day. It's still here today. Spiritual war. When you're under heavy fire, what are you going to do? Who are you? Who do you think you are? What do you think you can do? What match are you against the devil? I am no match against the devil, but I have a God who is all-powerful, who is able to create uh, a, 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 a shield against the fiery darts, against the weapons of the enemy, to deliver me. And it, it's, it's because of him we are, how does Paul say that? We're uh, something crushed but not destroyed. I think that's right. what he says. Right, cast down but not destroyed. Yeah, I love it. See, Paul, is, he's getting the, 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 the swing of things here. He's in the swing of things in Corinthians chapter 4, both first and second, both chapters 4. You know, he's in, he says, uh, hold on, I'll read it to you. Well, you, know, you probably found let it. Me, right? Let me just uh, hear. And, Even and, sort of this present hour, we are hungry, thirsty, yeah. poorly clothed, homeless, beaten, laboring with our own hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we endure. When you're being reviled and, and beat up, 
turn around and put bless those who curse you and turn it over to heaven. Turn the crime to heaven. Notice these guys were not living in multi-million dollar homes. They oh were my. not driving all kinds of vehicles. Flying around in Lear jets. Fly, you know, they didn't need private jets or anything like that. And we've got so much um, Being def- blasphemy and perversion. Yeah. Preachers of who all are, stripes. Uh, are, I don't care how I think popular they are. They're sharing the sheep. How, and how big a TV ministry they have. Yeah. How, what nice suits and clothes they have. How many big... Uh, auditoriums or big churches yeah. oh yeah if they're if they're yeah they're if they're greedy false prophets this is what we have in our day for the most by part. their fruits you greedy, shall know them self-centered false prophets that are supported by ditzy ignorant uh, <laughs> well no no not people always. that maybe are hungry they're sweet. hungry for god there's they're sweet they're maybe believing you know, but gullible but well, gullible yeah. because yeah. we we're, we're hungry Used. for somebody that um, tells us nice things, tells us nice things, tells us truth, gives us hope and stuff. So they play into that, mm-hmm. and they su- we we support that. But here's the deal: uh, those little, you know what? I tell you what: if you're if you got caught, tricked into giving your widow's pension into this thing, to some false prophet. You know the widow who put her mite into the box with the temple offering stuff. She was still doing a service to God, and Jesus commended her. Even though the Pharisees were jerks and liars and were probably going to take that widow's might yeah. and use it for themselves, God still commended her. God so don't feel her. guilty and bad, but here's the deal. Just wise up. But here's what... Just wise up, yeah. yeah but here's wise what... Up. Here's Examine what, the lifestyles of some of these people. The, Lord's, the Lord, uh, this came to me just two days ago. God says, in the end times, in the end days, in the last days, they will know you are my disciples by the love that yes. you have for one another, not... By the size of your churches. By the fruits, not by the suits. Not by the size of your churches, end quote. That's what I heard from the Lord. And so in these last days, the hallmark of the Christian is not going to be, you know, uh, pointing fingers uh, or, or, or finding fault or judging other people or criticizing or gossiping or comparing ourselves with others saying, well, at least I don't have a Learjet. At least I'm... We're not doing that. We're calling it out but we would not, what we're saying is we are to love even those people who are being deceived, conned, um, and, and, and they're being played by Satan. They're being played. And we're, when, if you're played by Satan, you, you, you're, in his, you're, you're in his hands. So anyway, but Paul is saying, he, go ahead, Jerry. Well, yeah, and some people say, well, you know, if you, if you, if you call this stuff out, you're, you're, you're judging. Well, you're just pointing out fruit. Oh, yeah, good you know, point. You're pointing out fruit. And the thing is, well, it's, Jesus. Is, it's wrong. When you see crimes being committed, oh, I don't want to say anything because I might be judging. Well, here's, let's look at that for a minute. You know, there's, there's people who are afraid to discern things and call them out because they're afraid that they're going to be called. being. If, well, called. they're going to be accused of judging. Judge not lest you be judged. Right. Well, yes, God says do not judge, but he obviously says do discern because he said by their fruits you shall know them. He said don't throw your pearls before swine. So if you have to have a pearl in your hand, you're going to have to discern whether that person situation is a swine and they're going to just devour you and, 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 and mock you then keep it to yourself. So there's a need to discern certain things, certain people, and that's exactly what we must do. Christians have to wake up and use their spiritual eyeballs to see what is really going on out there. And, and you know, Jesus was asking these people, open your eyes because there is a problem here. And the problem is this. It's been in Isaiah. It's been here since the beginning. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Having eyes, they do not see. Ears, they do not hear. And, and because they're a rebellious nation, rebellious people, actually the hallmark of rebellion is having a hardened heart and mm-hmm. eyes that don't work. And so we have a big well, bad case of rebellious well, nation here with the Pharisees well, we've got, and we've, in our own we've minds, got, lives. We've got, right. We've got hardened hearts here that, that you know, Jesus said a wicked and adulterous well, generation seeks after a sign. Yeah, you know. So these guys, these guys, Margie, they were, they were very hardened, but then we get right down here too to the disciples, the followers of Jesus, mm-hmm. the true followers of Jesus, mm-hmm. had trouble with spiritual blindness, had trouble with well, sure, because they had been seeped in the deafness. same pit for a long time, and and, well, and yeah. they they were they were in the same mud puddle. They they didn't even know what they were 
coming out of or what they had been caught in. They were just living their lives as good old fishermen, not asking too many questions, not going too deep emotionally, just kind of get through the day trying to keep the bread on the table. That, that's where everybody's pretty much at. You don't think about eternity. Well, right, right. No, so let's, let's move on here in, in Mark chapter 8, verse 13. He said, Jesus said, I'm not going to give you a sign in other places. He said, the only sign I was going to give him is the sign of, the, of Jonah, mm-hmm. the sign of the Son of Man, the sign of Jonah. In other words, he's going to be three days, three nights in the, in the grave, and he's going to rise again. That's the sign of signs that well, proves that he is the Son of God. Well, when he's, he's talking about that same thing in Luke 18, it's again on the subject of don't, you don't get it. 1834, he says, um, he, well, let's go to 31. He's telling them, he's, he's re- foretelling his, de- his death and resurrection to the disciples. Now listen, so he was up, he was, you know, you know, giving them a heads up. Then he took the 12 aside and said to them, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and all things that have, are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. By the way, the Son of Man is the way he's referred to in the book of Enoch. Um, for he will be delivered to the, to the Gentiles and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon mm-hmm. and they will scourge him and put him to death. Five mm-hmm. very specific things, mocked, insulted, spit upon, scourged and put to death. All five things happen exactly as he said. And the third day he will rise again. But, verse 34, he will rise again. He told them the whole story, the whole thing, three days no. later, the whole, but they understood none of these things. I mean, they, it just blew right past them. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not know the, the things which were spoken. The, yeah, the, the 12. Disciples, the 12. Yeah. The yes. guys who were supposed to be eyes open the here, leaders. you know, yeah. and he was, it was, so what, so what is this? God tells us stuff, how it's going to happen, book of revelations, how it's going to go down, specifics, da, 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 and we don't get it. Why is that? Why do we just mark it all up to, oh, accidents, coincidence, oh, it's, you know, no big deal, oh, that can't happen, or that'll never happen, or we're never going to see that. Well, part of it is that the supposed spiritual leaders have not taught us these things, have not exemplified these things. It's not been brought out. It's been hidden. It's been muddled. Well, yeah, I think especially in this country where we've been really plagued with too many nice things, too many human goals, too many, you know, personal five-year plans and agendas. We have not died. Even the Christians that are born again are still trying to live their old life. The Mm -hmm. key to being born again is that you die. You're, you're, you're crucified with Christ, you know, and now we are raised up to newness of life where his spirit dwells in us. The same spirit that raised him from the dead is living in us. But most of us are still caught up in the, the difficulties of just trying to get through the day, crushed and persecuted. And, and a lot of us as followers of Jesus can have, our, can have very hardened hearts and can oh, have a sure. lot of blindness. Let's Skepticism. go on here at Mark 8.13. Yeah. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, he departed to the other side. We're going to cross back over the Sea of Galilee. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Oops, they forgot to bring lunch. Pack their lunch. Yeah. Pack their lunch. <laughs> Who was supposed to do it today? Was it? Yeah. Well, it was you were Thomas. You were, it was your job. No, and they did James not, was supposed to do it today. <laughs> and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the bowl. Okay, wait. Now they just fed four thousand, seven loaves, a few fish. They, they must have ate up all the leftovers. <laughs> huge baskets full afterwards. I don't know if they ate the leftovers, gave away the leftovers. Yeah, probably. They, and, and so, and he charged them saying, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. It's like, like what, Jesus, what are you saying? And they reasoned among themselves. They tried to figure it out. They're, they're, they're trying to figure it out, okay? <laughs> it says, it's because we have no bread. So they're thinking this is what Jesus is it, saying. Yeah. And it couldn't have been farther from the truth. Yeah, yeah. But let's listen <laughs> let's just read through it and then we go back over All it. Right. But Jesus, being aware of it, verse seventeen, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Mm-hmm. Having eyes you do not see. Do you, uh, having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear, and do you not remember? So he's all these questions. Is, it's like, look, guys, what's wrong with you? All right? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of the fragments did you take up? So he's got a little uh, me- memory here, a little test, okay? Let, let me just ask you this. 
And they said, well, um, <clears throat> reality 12. says 12, yeah. And okay, the correct answer. And also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? Uh, they said, yeah, uh, seven. Oh, very good, boys. You know, and he said to them, how is it you do not understand? Now, that's a very fair question because they had the right answers and they couldn't even, they still didn't understand. They had, they had the right answers, but they did not understand. The reason is because of reasoning. You know, really, I can't, the, the, the idea of reasoning, ta- human reasoning, that when, they, when he was walking with them on the way to Emmaus after he had risen from the dead, they were reasoning among themselves, was this not the guy we thought he was? No, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And he's walking right there with them. <clears throat> and in their reasoning, they missed him. And I believe that this is exactly what's happening there. They're doing a little, you know, okay, he's talking about the leaven. Of the, oh, leaven. Oh, bread. Oh, so by guilt. So by, not by guilt. So, association. So, you know, the reasoning has its place. In other words, if you get... You buy a product, say you buy a, a cabinet, and it says uh, some assembly required. You're you're there to figure out the the directions, mm-hmm. which part goes where mm-hmm. and what. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a place for reasoning, right? For doing stuff like that. Th- yeah. But, but 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 in in spiritual things. Correct. Well, you try to you're trying to figure this out, and they mm-hmm. said, okay. Okay, oh, oh, wait a minute. Now, Jesus, you're talking about leaven, which is yeast, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeast is used in, in making bread. Mm-hmm. Um, that must mean that, um, why, why would he bring this up? So there's a little gap here. There's well, there's a dimensional gap because, see, the things <laughs> in the physical, in the flesh, you, you, we, like you said, we have a little assembly required. We have a um, brain. We have to, on the human, normal, ta- natural material, tangible <clears throat> level of things, dimension, we have to use our reasoning to assemble things, to figure things out, to fix right. things, to drive our car, whatever. But he's crossing over into a, another, the spiritual dimension here where things don't work the way they do in the natural world. They're actually much more sophisticated, and you can't use um, knives and spoons to feed yourself in the spiritual world. You have to eat the word of God. It's not bread you're eating. It's the it's spiritual word. Look it's the I, word of God, the word of life. Yeah, look at how they misunderstood the word of Jesus here. They're thinking, uh-huh. um, he's mad at us because we didn't. The reason he said that about the leaven mm-hmm. is because he's mad at us because we forgot to bring bread. Well, what, and he said, he, no, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. You know, he says, look at if bread was the issue, I mean, it's really not a problem, right? Right, because we know because I can do this. Because we just, you know, we were just here. We just fed, you know, 5,000 plus, you know, women and children. Then we just fed 4,000. We had leftovers. We had more than what we started with. So he says bread is no big deal. But notice but he's here. he's not talking about the no, bread. No, but, but, but they ho- totally, if you go back to what was he talking about? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the, and, the, the Pharisees. and the leaven, the no. the wickedness, the, the 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 treachery. The leaven is like yeast. The corruption, the con- spreads the, through the, everything. The uh, the covetousness of he was. This was a very important point. This was the point, and they totally missed the point because of their belly. Again. This is how it happens. Oh, we can't pay attention because we're hungry. We can't keep, can't do this now because we're we're this we're that. Very they missed. They didn't go back to ask the question. What are you talking about with the leaven of the fish? I don't get that, Jesus. Could you repeat that, please? They didn't say any. They got into this idea of off the track totally, and then he just said to him, "Oh, wh- why is it you don't see? Why don't you hear? What don't you remember?" I mean, I can think he'd be a little frustrated, and I think in the verse where uh, um, above that where he says. When they asked a sign from him, it said he sighed deeply in his spirit, verse 12, and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, they say that no sign will be given to it, but given to this generation. Um, and he left them and getting into the boat, departed from the other side. Why? Because their, their heart was not right. Their, uh, I, their reason for being there was not right. He, they wanted to see more tricks, sigh, you know, fancy food, whatever. But he sighed because he said, their children, they don't get it. They don't get it. It's like it's like you're teaching, you're you're teaching your class something that's very important, life, you know, 
imperative that they get it. And they're in this hour before lunch, and all they can think about is lunch and chocolate milk. And they don't get the idea of this is really important. This could mean your life. This, you know, we have no discipline or diligence to work past the distractions. And, and so when he, they were talking about his thing, the leaven of the Pharisees, the leaven of the hair, what is that he is, re, is, is warning them about? Well, he, he's, he's warning. If you just Beware. Look, at, you look at the context here. Okay? Yeah. The Pharisees, who gave him the hardest time? Well, they had just given him a hard time asking right. a sign, who, who, another sign. Okay. All right. Feeding 5,000 people wasn't enough sign. What sign do you want then? Yeah. And he's saying, okay, these guys, you want to beware of the the teaching yeah. of the Pharisees. Yeah. And and he talks about in, the root in, of it. In Mark Mark sixteen twelve. They they then they understood. He explained this. It says here, then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine or the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Mm-hmm. And here he talks about the leaven of Herod, the teaching. It's big. The evil Herod, Here's influence. the political guy. Herod's the political guy, and the Sadducees and the Pharisees. were the religious elite. They were the liberals. They were the liberal. They would be like the National Council of Churches people yeah. today mm-hmm. that hobnob with the, the eke- liberal, progressive, yeah. mm-hmm. the one-world government, the one antichrist, right, one-world church. Hob- mm-hmm. Right, that are allied with the evil governments indeed. of the world. He says, watch out for that. Well, that's what's happening today. So he, we've got two arenas. Then we've got the political arena going on with the Pharisees. I mean, with the with the Herods. With Herods. And and the the religious, you know, they like, say like they're two blades, and they're trying to catch people in those two blades. Well, it's pulling and, them off to political, the, pulling the, them off to religious, the, judging them. The immoral conduct of Herod, the Herods. There were several Herods. Yeah, they a were family, very murderous. A whole family, mm-hmm. murderous. Adulterous, evil people, but that had a, that had an influence on the whole society and culture, and of course, Made the Pharisees afraid. with their legalism, their false teaching, their hypocritical conduct. Their, this their, was their, affecting yeah. the the religious life. So when you have the religious life corrupted, mm-hmm. uh, the spiritual life corrupted, when you have the political, economic, moral life corrupted. He says, watch out for that, because this is something that spreads. Mm-hmm. Both sides. And, and it talks about, um, he talks about in, in the Old Testament, I think it's in um, Ezekiel. I could be wrong. I, didn't ha- I don't have it right, right here with me right now, but it's there. Trust me. Uh, he talks about the, f- the false prophets. 23. He talks about the false prophets, maybe Jeremiah, but from you. He said, from you, the false prophets, wickedness or evil has gone out through the whole nation. Mm-hmm. So false prophets. Now, sometimes we can put the blame. Everybody's looking for some, someone to blame, right? Yeah. Everybody said, oh, we blame this one, blame this one. But let's, let's look at where the root is. We can say, in our culture today, the reason that we have the mess that we have morally spiritually, educationally, politically, um, genetically even now, mm-hmm. is because, in the most part, of the failure of the Church of Jesus Christ. The false prophets. And the false prophets. Who have been deceived, led we away. We can go right back. Overtaken. You, you can, we can point to Washington all we want. We can, we can you know, point to um, well, other here, places yeah. all we want. But you get right down to it. Well, it's, the it, salt has lost its savor. Yeah, if we don't have that influence as as believers, as followers of Jesus, that that pungent, distinct influence of light and truth and righteousness, then what happens? Then what happens? The pressure, the leaven, the pressure from <coughs> the leaven of mm-hmm. Herod, Goes the leaven in. of the to Pharisees the mix, the takes over, and that's what Jesus said. He was yeah. saying something. He says, it's "You powerful. watch out for it," because he says this this level will yes. spread through a, a whole nation, a whole society, yeah. and mm-hmm. corrupt the whole thing. You've got to watch out for that. Yes, in Ezekiel 13, he's talking about these prophets and prophetesses. He says, set yourself against the daughters of my people. We can say men and women, but here he's saying the daughters of my people who prophesy out of their own heart, prophesy against them and say, 
Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the women who sew magic charms, this is interesting, on their sleeves and make veils for the heads of the people of every height to, to hunt souls. Will you hunt the souls of my people and keep yourselves alive? Will you profane me among the people for handfuls of barley and for pieces of bread, killing people who should not die and keeping people alive who should not live by your lying to my people who listen to lies? So he's saying, um, therefore I'm against you. Behold, I am against you, your magic charms by which you hunt souls. They're like birds. I will tear them from your arms and let the souls go, the souls you hunted like birds. Um, I will also tear off your veils and deliver my people out of your hand, and they shall no longer be prey to your hand. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, because with lies you have made the heart of the righteous sad, whom I have not made sad, and you have strengthened the hands of the wicked to, so that he does not turn from his wickedness to save his life. Therefore you shall no longer envision... Therefore, you shall no longer envision futility or practice divination, for I will deliver my people out of your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord God. So he's saying here that there is a group of people, prophetesses, prophets, that have spoken out of their own minds, out of their own demonic, you know, mystery Babylon, religions, New Age, paganism, whatever they do. And they they allure, trick, charm, uh, spell, put spells on people to draw out and destroy the souls of men. And this is where our souls are being hunted right now in the political arenas, in the national arenas, in our in our nation, our, your soul is being made a prey. Your soul, the devil is looking for. It's a commodity. He wants it. It's like gold. He wants to get, steal your soul from you. And for no matter how much is going on out there in the mass hysteria, lies, accusations, incriminations, uh, exposures, conspiracies, no matter what is going on out there in the nation's mass hysteria, distractions, and what's about to come, in, in, in all of it. There's one thing you need to keep remembering, and that is that you have to give an account for your own soul. You cannot go with the, with the, with the, with the masses. You will be, indivi- will be individually uh, brought before the Lord God, and there will be an assessment made of our life, our soul. We will give an account of our soul, and it is our soul. That is precious. I hope it's precious to you. I hope your soul is precious. I hope it's not worth throwing away and giving up on. Because he says here in Ezekiel that all this wickedness has caused my people to become sad. The righteous, um, you, you've with your lies, you've made the righteous, the heart of the righteous sad or discouraged. I think they just want to give up and go away and don't think God is real because they don't see the reality they want to see right now. They see a terrible reality. And, and the truth is, however, that the king of kings is on his way. And, and, and as we stand here in the book of Mark, the king is standing right before them. And yet it was way too early to even imagine him to be a king because of all of the things he was yet going to go through. I would encourage you to just on your own, those of you that are listening, to read Jeremiah 23 very carefully. That was 13 I read. Yeah, you said Ezekiel Oh, I'm sorry, 13. yeah, Ezekiel, Ezekiel yeah. 13, you were there, that's mm. fine. And But, you know, also along with, the, I can add, you know, yeah. Ezekiel 13, but read Jeremiah 23, and you'll see really why we're in the shape we're in today in our land. And, and basically it was it was the prophets, it was the false prophets. right. He says, my heart is broken because of the prophets. Mm-hmm. And he says, the folly of the prophets of Samaria, in verse 13. And, and this is the northern kingdom of Israel. And in the southern kingdom of Israel, talks about um, concerning the prophets of the southern kingdom. He says, the prophets of Jerusalem. For from, that's the verse I was looking for, uh, Jeremiah 23, 15, for from the prophets of Jerusalem, profaneness. You know, just what profanity, what, vulgarity, profanity, vulgarity, perversion has gone out into all the land. From there, yeah. From in the so the source mm-hmm. is not necessarily the um, the New World Order elite people. No, you know, uh, of they're the taking advantage. They're involved yeah. because they're they're working uh, under the direct counsel and guidance of the prince of this world, yeah. Satan. Mm-hmm. So we have that going on. That's the but they had to take out the church first. They had to take out the kingdom of God. I don't. I don't believe they have. They cannot do that. No, Jesus it, said, "I will build the, my church, yeah, and, and the, the gates, gates of hell, hell will not. The co- gates of hell mm-hmm. shall not prevail against it. The gates there. What does that mean? Is it mean that? Oh, we're, we're, I've heard people say, "Oh, we're 
we're attacking the gates of hell. We're going to knock down the door and tear up the devil kingdom. Well, it doesn't quite work that The gates of hell, the gates of the city were where the people did the business. That's where the deals were struck. Deals mm-hmm. were made. And judgments were made, That's too. That's where, where they the, had the court. strategies mm-hmm. were made, the meetings. This is, the this planning was, for the This for was the like the, the, the places where the committees level. It would yeah. be like where you know, the, the judiciary They would gather meets. at the gates instead the of in their little committee rooms. corporate leaders would meet. The CEOs would meet and make their plans and make their strategies. And so all the that strategies stuff. of, the, of all hell. All the strategies of hell. The Bible says, uh, Paul said, we are not ignorant of his devices. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that all the um, cell phones and iPads and technologies talk, and are called devices these mm-hmm, days. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. we're not ignorant of his devices. Well, yes, anyway, I think we are. So but anyway, some people. But, going, but see, what you're saying is true, that he is calling the, us to look at the real crisis point. We're being distracted by the, our daily bread. We're being distracted by our, our you know, six-digit incomes. We're, we're being distracted by our uh, zero income. We're, there's homeless, there's hurting, there's terrible things going on. But he says, don't be deceived. And, and again, the Pharisees, 11 of the Pharisees, is that self-righteous judgmental attitude that's so blinding. The One of the problems with, with being a Pharisee, and I, I, you know, I have to say this, but less, you know, understanding that it, you even, you know, to, lest it come upon us is that there's a, a hardness of heart. There's a blindness. And so we must go to the place of love and stay in that place of mercy and love, not to condone what people are doing, but to understand that the reason they're doing it is because they are being controlled, deceived, coerced, intimidated, manipulated, influenced by the enemy, and the veil has not yet been taken off their eyes. I think Isaiah says uh, in 25, he talks, God talks about the, taking the veil off the eyes of the people. And I think this is about to happen. I hope it will. It, ha- it will have to happen. If it doesn't happen and we go down deceived as we are, then there will be no hope for the calling out of the righteous or the kingdom of God. He says um, in his Isaiah 25, verse 6, And in this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, a feast of wine on the leaves, of fat things full of marrow, of well-refined wines on the leaves, and he will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up with he will swallow up death forever, and the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces. This is this is where we need to stay, knowing that yes, there's a veil. God, please take off the veil, open the eyes. Please cause the people to, to choose righteousness, to walk in truth and integrity, to serve the Lord God, to put you first, Lord God, to not practice idolatry and paganism and perversions and, and not let the, the gods of this world uh, control them, but to take the, the road that will create afflictions, sufferings, rejections, whatever, for, for this temporary time that the king, thy, thy kingdom may come, that the kingdom of God may come, that the will of God will be done. Here we see a very critical discussion with Jesus and his disciples, and they were missing the point totally. And I think this is the, the tragedy and the terror and the fear of it. He's, how is it that you do not understand when you see all these things come to pass? We have already had four blood moons on appropriate uh, feasts, uh, Passover and uh, Tabernacles or whatever we have had already the equal uh, the uh, eclipse the moon the sun beginning to speak to us just you know giving us we have so many things in the stars in the sky that are being concealed from us by NASA they're putting black uh, I don't know coverings over certain se- segments of things we already have the red dragon in Virgo we already have all that but we can't. You can see it if you go online and look behind their black little screens. There is a red dragon in Virgo, and that's exactly what Revelations 12 talks about. We're in these places where wake up. Do not be dismayed. Do not be discouraged. Do not be distracted. Allow God. The only thing I can recommend, seriously, honey, the only thing I that keeps me sane in all of this is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I keep going back to the Word of God and reading more. Read about the great God of Isaiah. I think it's chapter 42, 40, 42. How great he is compared to the, the nations of the earth. How, you know, we're a grain of sand in a bucket. 
that's what the world is to, you know, that, that's the, God is in control. God is in control of your life. And all these little things that you're going through right now, the torment, the pressures, the attacks, the witchcraft that's coming against you because it's accusing you, trying to distract you, discourage you, afflict you. In all of these attacks, in all of these lacks, in all of these pressures, in all of these tri- trials, the last, the loss of loved ones, the critical issues of health, whatever, in all of these things, look up and know that God is with you. He's with you. He's with you. He is. He goes with us through our afflictions, and we're not alone. And bottom line, good news: the problems that you're going through are not your problems. There are problems Satan has drugged you into to try to kill you, and God has got to be there to defend you, or He's not God. He, if He doesn't keep His word, He's not God. And if for some of you say, "I'm I'm mad at God. I'm bitter against God. God didn't help me. God God never came through. My life hasn't gone the way I wanted it to." Blah blah blah. I would ask you one simple question. Who's talking to you? Is that the Holy Spirit counseling you right there? Is that the Holy Spirit telling you that God has not been faithful and you've been on your own and you've, you've, been, you've done all this for naught? You check it out. Begin to ask yourself when you come up into these grumbly, mumbly, negative, crappy situations, say, who's talking to me? Who said that? And you will know it's not the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus is saying your hearts are, your ears are deaf Mm-hmm. Your eyes are blind spiritually, and, and the thing is, let's 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 look at us now. Let's look at ourselves right now. How what what do I have in my heart that where there is there's hardness and there is blindness as to the reality of who Jesus is? And I, we're not going to have time to jump into that here, but what what we want to realize is that we have to is if we're going to follow yeah. him. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to know who he really is. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to have to have well, some that's, of that Well, that's revealed to us by the Holy Spirit because he says here, why do you reason in your hearts having no bread? Um, do, why are we dr- distracted reasoning about how am I going to pay the light bill? How am I going to, you know, uh, avoid this eviction notice? How am I going to, you know, keep this job? How am I going to make money? You know, uh, we're, do, do you not understand? He says, your heart is your heart still hardened um, so what creates hardness of heart? Well, what does create a hardness well, of heart? Well, one of the things here, part of the, part of this right now is they did not remember. You know, those of us who know the Lord, we can look back. Mm-hmm. We can look back on the faithfulness of God. Yes. We might not have had everything we wanted. We might be still waiting for mm-hmm. major answers to prayer to come through. Mm-hmm. But look back a little bit at my the faithfulness of God to us. The thing is, we we tend to forget when we're in the heat of the battle. Yeah. We tend to forget the goodness and faithfulness of God. And if God has been faithful to us in the past, uh-huh. he'll be faithful well, to us right now. And he'll be faithful to us in, in the future. Here's the question. Can you repeat that little ditty, the, the, two, the, the man behind bars? Oh, two men looked out from between the bars. They're talking about you know, like in, in prison. In prison, yeah. Yeah. One saw mud and the other saw stars. So when you're in your prison, this is very important. Are you going to see mud? Are you going to look at the the negative, the times that you, you know, you didn't get your prayer answered, whatever? Or are you going to look at the the old, the old, the long the long haul? Jesus is in this for the long haul. Right, and, and the thing is, here's the deal. This is where we struggle as followers of Jesus. Here. Mm-hmm. We just miss the point of things so often. And it's like the disciples here, they're saying, um, oh, we forgot he, bread. he's mad at us. Oh, we forgot <laughs> bread. Oh, my goodness. How could we? We just had all this Missed bread. Missed the point of one we of just the had major teachings. Super, super, super amounts of bread that fell 4,000 people, and we got seven huge yeah. baskets full, and we still don't. We just have one loaf of bread left. Oh, and, and they're, 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 they're all in a tiz about yeah. that. And Jesus says, listen, no. He says, look, okay, I'm, I'm taking care of your physical mm-hmm. needs. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But what I'm talking about is something deeper. And the thing is, remember, Margie, there was, Jesus said to his disciples at one point, he said, I have many more things to say to, to, say you. to you, but you cannot bear it's them now. Right now. Yeah. So it's like you don't start out with um, uh, quantum physics and, uh, you know, and... Um, uh, and when you're in analytical pre- geometry in, and all in, that kind of in, when in you're in first grade or organic chemistry in preschool yeah you you grow into those things 
And, and we need to just say, Lord, um, search my heart. Be encouraged. Lord, mm-hmm. take my heart. Let my heart and uh, yeah, un- ask, understand. Yeah, actually have to ask Paul, the Holy Spirit to do that for you. Well, well here, here's, because here's you can't, the deal. We can't do this, guys. This is where law and love break break down. You cannot. You can't take. You can't make yourself be unhardened. You have to ask God the, that the love of God will comfort your heart in the midst of it. This is great, powerful victory. This is true wisdom and strength when you can be confident in God in the midst of a fiery affliction and you can know that your God is going to come through for you because he is God and because he loves you. And then you're not disturbed by, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It does not matter what it feels like. When the soldier's on the front line, it doesn't really matter if he wants to be there or not. He's there. He's committed to be there. He's got a job to do. It may not be feel, feel very comfortable, but it doesn't matter because he's there with a higher purpose. And this is our higher purpose to know and do the will of God. And look at the Apostle Paul. When he heard that there were people, there was a group of believers in the city of Ephesus, a very pagan, blasphemous, uh, wealthy, arrogant environment. Idol makers. Idol makers. What does he pray? What does he do? He says, when I heard, after I heard of your, in Ephesians 1.13, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, these are guys who and, came out of all that. Yeah, and your love for the, all the saints. Here's what Paul did. Here, he prays for them. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, what is he praying for them? He says in verse 17 of Ephesians 1, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and, and revelation, revelation in, in the, the knowledge of, of him. him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, mm-hmm. that ye may what? No, no, no. Not think it, or feel or hope. No, right. What is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality, power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And has, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. He is praying for this mighty revelation. And, and now he says... Th- this mighty revelation for them. In its, and he says, thing. and he says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that you ask, all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory. This exceeding abundant faith, knowing not not just faith. I think faith is is worn out because it gets hammered with doubt it's all knowing, the time. It's knowing, knowing, it, knowing. It's Spiritual it's knowing. Mind. You you mm-hmm. don't have to have faith for what you know. You already know God does not lie. You already know he's good, he's great, he's made you, he's going to keep his word, it's all going to go the way he said. And if you know all that, then you know the beginning from the end, and you know who he is. Let's say if you're at a big uh, art institute, and this famous sculpture has just done this huge sculpture of something, whatever it is, and it's covered with a big canvas cloth. Mm -hmm. And then all the people come, and they have their cocktails and whatever they're doing and getting ready for this big unveiling big unveiling mm-hmm. you know and and i don't know if they do drum rolls or they <laughs> whatever they prepare and then they what do they do they pull that covering off and you get to see the work and you get to see the details of it, the craftsmanship of it mm-hmm. you see what it is this is what god is uh Paul is praying, and this is what we need. Really, to ask, see it. Uh, we mm-hmm. need to ask this for ourselves. Right now, yeah. Lord, give us a spirit of revelation. When you have revelation, there's knowledge. Mm-hmm. When God just shows you, mm-hmm. and you know it's right, you know it in your spirit. You, it's not. A, it doesn't come by rationalization, mm-hmm. reasoning, anything like that. So. It comes by revelation. 
So, Father God, we pray right yes. now for this reason. We bow our knees before you and acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, to whom the whole family on heaven and earth has been named, that he would grant us according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts richly by faith, that we may be rooted and grounded and built up in love, grounded in love, may be able to comprehend that we will comprehend with all the saints what is the great width, the length, the depth, the, 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 the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, the length you went to, Lord God, to reveal your love to us, that we would it, that goes beyond understanding, be filled with the knowledge of the fullness of your love, uh, that we may be able know that you are able to do what you've promised to do to us, to comprehend with all of the saints, to not be weary, to not be discouraged. Father, we ask these things now for encouragement, anointing, release. We release the anointing of the Spirit of God upon this nation, upon the individual lovers of God mm-hmm. in this nation, that you would ignite fires of boldness and courage and bravery, and truth, and righteousness, and righteous indignation, if need be, in your people to stand, and having done all, to stand for the Most High God, and not to cave, not to give in, not to capitulate, not to flounder, not to be double-minded, not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.